Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good wet, wet weather um, in Amsterdam or wherever and whenever you're listening to this podcast in the future or right now, um, dear listener. Welcome to the Tiger Paws Junior Podcast. My name is Brian Roach and my guest today, this lovely evening, is a very good friend of mine. Um, a Monaghan gentleman, an actor, a writer, and uh, a blue-eyed, fiendish friend, Declan Reynolds. Welcome to the show, bud. <laughs> what an introduction. Thanks, Brian. I've been working on my introductions, man. I, 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 I was considering yours for a while, and the blue eyes, <laughs> the blue eyes had to go in there at the start. Oh. <laughs> I must I must be making too much eye contact with you when we meet up. <sighs> How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, good. Um, How's your day? A, I'm about to be a father of a baby boy due next week, so uh, for the first our first uh, child. So uh, on the countdown, and uh, I think everything's done. The, the nursery's painted. Uh, all the bits and bobs are bought. Um, so just waiting for the big arrival. Oh my god. I know. How are you feeling about it? <laughs> excited. Ready. Really? Ready. Yeah, excited and ready. Um, I think it's just the right time in my life, I guess. And uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I only got married last November, so we kind of had a COVID wedding and uh, it was postponed once. And then unfortunately, we only were allowed 25 at it. So it was a shame, you know, we couldn't invite everybody we wanted to invite. But um, yeah, so he's going to make it here in time for the wedding anniversary, which is nice. Oh, I got invited um, to the stag, man. Couldn't come. Stag didn't happen. Yeah, stag didn't. Where no. did you have us going? The Conlon Mayo, where the quiet oh. was. Yeah. So it was all cancelled because of COVID. Yeah. So no, no stag. So no stag. We could, but put, we were... could put that on the, on the to-do list. <laughs> and you became a brave man. Yeah. You. Yeah. How's she feeling about it? Hey, very pregnant. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing what the human body's capable of. Um, uh, but no, she's she's loving it, and it's it's just amazing to watch them process. And uh, you know, as the male, you sort of step back. You're 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 not so much you're watching from from the outside, but you know when you feel a move um, in the in the tummy, and it's just wow, you just can't believe that there's a little human in there. Oh. I've only got to go to one scan, so I got to go to the twenty-week scan. So unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to in there any of the others. But um, even to to see that was amazing. Um, yeah, so no, very exciting times. So uh, he's got an agent already. I think I think I've got him an agent already. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if he wants to follow in our footsteps, Brian. We don't know. It's up to him. It, I'll let him make the decision. It is it is it net? Hopefully, hopefully, open. Yeah. <laughs> if she couldn't uh, pick a better agent, oh my the god, the best agent in the world. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. No, she's excited as well. So she's uh, only four. Yeah, because we, we met on the movie The Gate of Curse seven years ago. Uh, uh, this week actually. So um, only for my agent, I probably wouldn't have got the movie, and I probably wouldn't have met my wife. So I owe her a lot. Yeah. Shout out, huge shout out to Netwatch. A legend indeed. You're absolute hero. Um okay. 
Okay, you've kind of blown my mind in the first five minutes of the Potter, man. <laughs> um, I did know she was pregnant because I clicked into your WhatsApp picture. Ah, yes. And and you've divulged that information there. Yes. But I, I didn't want to ask you about it on the podcast just in case it was uncommon knowledge. Ah, but, yeah, no, no, it's common knowledge. Maybe, maybe ah, there. Yeah. Best of luck, bud, because it's such a huge step in, in one's life and... Um, from personal experience, you would be an amazing father. You're very caring, and um, thank you. So, dear listener, um, Declan and I met in 2014 on a wonderful show in Port Marnock or in Malahide mm. called Arsenic and Old Lace, and you were the guardie. But your career is exceptionally profound and kind of established on the actors front um first of all would you mind telling the listeners who you are what you're doing and why i think you're so inspirational (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i can answer the last one um i've seen your your list of interviewees i'm very impressed to uh of the caliber of the talent you've been talking to and i've been listening to several of them so you you've uh got a great thing in your hands you're a great podcast you have a great voice for for radio definitely Thank you kindly, sir. And uh, so the fact you even asked me to be interviewed, I'm, I'm flattered. Um, yeah, no, I started in Monaghan, um, Monaghan Youth Theatre many moons ago. I think it was the mid-90s uh, by accident. I think most, I think, I think Lawrence Olivier said that uh, that uh, the first opportunity to act is usually accidental. Um, uh-huh. But uh, my good friend Nick Lee, um, you probably know him from the fall, and uh, Brian and and um, a few other shows he uh, was going to the youth theatre and he didn't want to be the only boy so he asked me if I'd come along and uh, that's how I got into it so only for him um, really? yeah Monaghan so, does have a collection of decent actors and yeah Avian McGinnity was there with us Charlie McKenna was with us and mm-hmm. Katrina Balfe was in Pantos with us and then Nick himself. So yeah, there's quite a cabal of modern actors um, about. Um, Good little um, hotspot for for creation, eh? Big time, yeah, big time. Um, like they often say in, in Monaghan, because it's like a drumming county, there's a higher rate of depression because all the hills sort of have a psychological effect where you can't see the future, you can't see the horizon. I remember the doctor telling me that one time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I hope I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy Kavanagh wrote about that, didn't he? I think he did, yeah. yeah he, he did. Yeah. He did. But that's, I remember a doctor saying that to me one time, that he felt there was a lot of depression because of that, because of the... <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I did theatre, then you theatre, uh, pantomime, when uh, it was just... I wasn't very good at football, so I found something that I enjoyed, and it was unique. Um, and... Then there was a sort of an acting for screen course came along, Shane Monroe, Monroe, Monroe Agency in Donegal. And Daphne, who became my first agent, so Daphne, Daphne passed away um, only a year or two ago, actually, very sad. Oh. I was over at a funeral in Donegal, but she was an amazing character. And uh, he sort of did a two-week, two-day course on, on acting for screen, which is not was not something I'd ever considered. And... Um, I they sent me for an audition for an advert and I got it uh, for an aircom ad and 
then I sort of got very interested in acting for screen. So that's kind of where I started. So, um, and I've kind of been doing bits and bobs ever since. Um, so I've kind of, you know, been at it about 20 years in Ireland. Um, I know Nick's always saying to me, he's never seen an actor. I've done, done so many ads in his life. Um, so I've, I'm very, <laughs> I feel very fortunate that I've, I've had the career that I've had. I don't know how, um, you know, you kind of feel like an imposter sometimes. You, you don't know if, if you're any good at it. But I guess if you get a part, you've done something right. I remember I did an ad for a supermarket one time and I sort of said to the director, like, you know, do you mind me asking, what, what, how did, why did you choose me? And he said, oh, I liked your hair. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's not really something I can do much about. But yeah, he liked the way my hair was and that's why he picked me for the ad. So uh, you just don't know. You just don't know. That's and, hilarious. Um, it is, yeah. I just laughed. You know, it's just of all the things you think you have control of. But um, no, I love the buzz. I have to say, being on set or being on stage is just this feeling of happiness that um, I, I find it hard to experience anywhere else. Obviously, before I'm about to be a father, it's probably going to change things. But um, I, I just can't explain it. I've always had that sort of joyous feeling of being on set and the creativity and all the crew and the cast all working together for this common goal, like you're like this big family. And uh, I worked both. I worked like I studied psychology in Queens uh, first because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I was finishing school, and um, it was great. It was like a great base degree for sort of any career. Um, and I'm kind of kicking myself because when I when I went up to register, I didn't realize you could pick other subjects to study. So I could have picked English and drama, or I could have picked, you know, any other subjects for the first year, but it wasn't really made clear to me. So. Um, when she asked me what did I want to study, I was like, what's everybody else doing? And she said, oh, sociology and anthropology. And I had a clue what anthropology <laughs> was. So I said, all right, stick me down for that. So that's kind of what I did in college. And um, uh, I kept doing the ads and stuff. And then when I finished that, I, I found out that you could study film in college, which was a complete novelty. I couldn't believe you could actually just study film. So I went to UCD and did the master's in film production. And uh, I had the option of going to the KT at that stage. I think I auditioned for them as well, but I, cho I chose to do the, the film production. And because I'd, I'd worked in extra vision for years and I kind of just loved, loved the movie business and loved movies. And, and it just opened my eyes to the, to the, to the arts behind um, filmmaking, script writing, uh, acting, uh, producing everything. So the whole process and, so in a way, it, uh, I've kind of come into acting through the back door, if that makes sense, of coming through the technical route in a way. Um, and also I've, I've started writing myself. So it's kind of, I have an appreciation for all the different aspects and, and uh, roles that go into making a film happen or a TV show happen. Mm. So um, like just... you're, you're certainly not one to watch the grass grow. Like yeah. you tend to <laughs> delve into something if another thing is a bit quiet. Yeah, like, you know, I've calmed down a lot in later life, I think, because um, I've, I've, I've burnt the candles on both ends. I've kind of made myself quite sick, you know. I think I've had bronchitis twice. I've had a dead arm. Uh, <laughs> during the a, dead arm. Just the muscle, the whole muscle on my left arm went. I literally had no use of my arm for like three or four weeks. Um, I was doing RT Storyland in 2012 then, and uh, it was just you know, four months of just writing, editing, shooting, acting. And uh, I don't know what happened, but the left arm went, so that was scary. 
So I've kind of I've learned to step back a bit and not not say yes to everything. Um, whereas before I would like be happily doing two plays at once, or <laughs> um, because uh, yeah, I just feel it's easy to to overdo it physically, and then you're paying the price for weeks afterwards. You know, absolutely. But, um, yeah, no, I've, I've met lots of amazing people like yourself and. It's funny. It's it's uh, you do meet the same people over and over again, and your paths cross years later, especially directors and and uh, lots of good memories of set. So it's uh, yeah. I think like even when we were doing the play together, I think was that how we met in it? Or was it? It was definitely one of those plays we did in Malahide, and that's how I met her. And then you you joined her then too. So you just never know. Uh, what people you're going to meet in your life and when and where and so it's important to choose those projects wisely um yeah dude i i remember coming up from limerick and for some reason i was doing the show in malahide i no idea why i chose it i was <laughs> agentless i just wanted to get back into it yeah and somebody said i think it was jean she said to me there's a really good guy I don't know how we got him. Don't know how we've booked. He's really like industrious and like well respected in the industry. Deck Reynolds, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And we kind of just bonded from that, man. And yeah, we did it, we completely click. Like what what I loved was watching you. You just you up the ante every night, and I and it was like a struggle not to, to laugh. You know, you were so funny. And you, but you had a decent part. I, I had like a third act. Entry. Yeah, but you stole the show. Like I, I did not playing, steal the show. I think I was playing two or three different roles, <laughs> costume changes and stuff. And uh, but the favorite scene was coming on with you because you absolutely commanded the stage. It was amazing. I didn't. I was like Shakespeare. Shakespeare. We got some great photos from that as well. Some great we did. photos. Yeah. And that was the first time, things. dude. That was the first time we ever met, yep. which blows my mind because. It felt like a friendship right from the off. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. We went that's out a, to Famous what Like, whatever you do, you seem to just, you, you create and maintain your friendships, which is very important. And I think you're loved and adored wherever you go. So it's, it's uh, that's a great quality you have. Yeah. It's an un understandable quality because I don't feel that way a lot. But I mm -hmm. certainly try to keep a lot of friendships going. By just maintaining contact on socials if I'm not in the vicinity or whatever. No, I love it because every time like you're in Dublin, you're like, I'm up, I'm up in Dublin, let's meet. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> you know, you never know when you're going to call. Brilliant. Um, and there's some Dublin people who are like, oh, Roachie's up again. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> what so, missed yeah. you? so that's where it started. So, because I was doing plays in Monaghan and uh, it was just getting very tiring coming up and down for rehearsals and the show. And then I said, look, I started looking in Dublin and first play I came across I think was Jean Gosling's Malahide what an amazing director she is oh fab. and I think I did several several of her shows and um uh, yeah and then I, I met my agent and I threw her so through the show she came to see somebody else and got chatting to her afterwards and I think I was Annette's first male actor on her books she Serious. just started up yeah she just started up and then and then um yeah I've been with her ever since so um yeah, she's changed my life literally. Yeah, so it's amazing. It's just funny how things work out, you know. It really is. It's uh, so it's um, so I did. Yeah, I did the Gaelic curse with her 
it was a movie with Edwina Fork and Zanzibar Productions and um, Jack Conroy was directing it he was the DOP on My Left Foot on the field oh, and yeah so beautiful work he's worked beautiful. with Conroy, he worked with Anthony Hopkins he's worked with everybody and like he'd just be you know on set and he'd just start telling you the story and I'm like oh who was that oh Sean Connery <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> he is Irish cinema you know and uh, he passed away there and very sad um, yeah he just amazing man amazing eye and um, he uh, just working with him for that whole month and a half um, was probably one of the best experiences of my life you know and uh, really yeah just I was just never so happy just watching even when I wasn't needed on set I was on set watching and you know watching the scenes being filmed and it was a great script um Brian Walsh wrote it he was in uh, Titanic with uh, Leo and Kate he, you know that famous scene where they, they're dancing the Irish jig and all that he's uh-huh. the music he's a musician playing the music for them give to her, dance to give her the holly yeah give her the holly, give her the holly. that's him that's him oh, so, uh, good he's an Irish musician and, and actor in LA and he wrote the script and wanted to film it in Ireland so he came back to film it here and uh yeah, so we got to work with him for the for the month and a half as well, and um, yeah, it's just funny. Like I went to meet, I just I read the script. I read the, I think I read it in two two nights, first half and then the second half. And by the end of this thing, I was like, I, and I had, I want this role. Like I, I love really, it. and I was like, what do you need? Self tape? What do you want? And she was like, oh no no, I just want to meet you in, in the hotel. So I went down to the hotel and. Uderstown and there was Black Rock and um, like there was Fair City actors coming out there was all sorts coming out and I was like oh jeez I'm having a chance here mm. and um, I sat down and met Edwina I'd met her years ago um, Brian and um, there was another guy an Indian guy Opie he was kind of sitting a wee bit away but he was watching and a few other crew and you know asking questions about the script or think of the character uh, i was expecting to read the lines nothing like that um asked me what comedy had done before mentioned uh, trouble down the street for archie storyland um and that was it nice to meet me up, up when I, I left and i was like oh jesus like i don't even like i didn't feel that i got a chance to sell myself and um that was a tuesday it was a tuesday or no a friday i think it was a friday and Annette rings, rings me on the Tuesday and says, hey, they want you for the movie. And I was just like, I had to sit down. I was like, really? And she said, you're, you're, you're starting Sunday uh, down in Monaster Evan. Uh, they block booked you for the six weeks or whatever. So um, oh, I was like, oh, right. And I was like, oh, can I go down and come back? And no, no, no. She said, you're down for the, for the six weeks that you can't leave for insurance purposes. So I was literally confined to the hotel for the six weeks. And I was like, right, okay. So I was trying to just like cancel everything for the six weeks. Uh, it was just manic, um, and uh, got down there anyway. And um, we were staying in this hotel. Basically, they took over the whole hotel. All the crew was there, all the cast. And um, and the first thing uh, Brian said to me was, uh, "I didn't want you for this part." <laughs> and I was really? like, "Really? Yeah." And I know fair play to him. He's been honest. He said, "No, yeah. no, I, I didn't." Uh, I didn't, I just couldn't see you in the part or whatever, but everyone else was telling me um, your, our energies were perfect because he's, you know, he thought I was very cool and calm and collected and his, his was more manic and 
um, all the other people said from a distance, we, we worked together, you know, the energy in the room was right. And, um, and, you know, but, you know, I, I respected his honesty and but we developed a good friendship after that. And we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And, but it was, it was a difficult movie in that I was kind of being directed by the director, by the editor and by the producer, getting three different directions, if that makes sense. No. Directed by the editor. What? Yeah, he was giving me tips, so he, you know, it, you know, the, so it was a bit difficult in that respect. In that, I was getting sort of tips or kind of look. Maybe you should try it this way. Try it this way. Try it this way. Kind of, yeah, you know, and you know, I don't like to cause any friction, so I was, yeah, 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 of course. Board, took on board, and so that that was a difficult thing to do was trying to keep everybody happy but it wasn't that's impossible <laughs> it wasn't yeah. possible so and um, to 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 explain to the dear listener um that's a little bit um unheard of in the acting world where you don't tend to get direction from anyone else but the, the person yeah. in the director role yeah um, yeah but if so, it's conglomerate said and people are working together and it's it's one of those kind of I, yeah, I, I look, don't. everybody everybody was trying to do the same thing make the movie as best as it, as we can um yeah, yeah but you know i do i looking back now i think mm, i probably should have nipped that in the bud or i probably should have uh folk chunk funneled it into one you know clear agreement um at the but time, the thing but, the thing about the gaelic curse from knowing you and knowing your social media output and how you um, represent yourself online and stuff I knew that you loved it I knew that you cherished the six weeks and put it out as like something you were uber proud of mm. do you ever get that feeling from other people in the industry where you're like that person really loved that they looked like they had fun yeah <laughs> it looked like yeah. they had fun and they, but they also spoke with honesty in the post and like it wasn't a kind of generic one photo I worked on this it was yeah. like a stream I was like Dick really liked the Gaelic art. you're proud of it like you're really I am yeah no it was a brilliant script very funny very well written um, the, the, the everybody working on it were just like from amazing backgrounds yeah um, it just and everybody was just there for the love of the script and for the love of, of, of you know for the respect of the writer and the director and just to get to work with Jack and it just Jack was able to pull every favor of the sun in and uh, just like you know looking back and you know I kind of pinch myself still and um like it was, it was out on Amazon Video and Amazon Prime you know so it's nice to see it get an international release I think it won a few awards and festivals and all so. Uh, I gotta watch it. I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't I haven't yeah, seen it. But if it's so, Amazon Prime, of course I'll. Yeah, no, I'll just it. just okay. to see it up there, you know. So it, you know, it's great. You kind of pinch yourself, going, "Wow, did we do that?" You know. So it's great, and like I, I've been lucky in that I worked in, with Nicholas Rhodes last movie in Puffball as in, back in two thousand and seven as well, and uh, like he was cameraman in Lawrence of Arabia, and he like wow, he was just a legend. <laughs> himself you know and he's done like famous horror movies don't look now with donald sutherland and performance with mick jagger mm. and again i was working with him for several months and uh just an absolute gentleman and, um, do you love it oh it was great and it, it came out in dublin in the cinema i think i went to see it in the screen i went to the premiere in london actually and then i went to the screen in dublin to watch it 
it was during the day, so it wasn't that many there, but it was just to, you know, to see a film that you're, you're, you were a part of being on the cinema screen, you know, it's just, and it's always like years later, it's always two or three years later after the fact. And um, you just, you know, from having the dreams of when you were in school and then looking back 20 years, look where you are now, it's kind of, it's nice to always remind yourself of that, that you've, you've got as far as you have. So like what I tend to do is, I try to do something every year that I haven't done before. So, mm. and then I consider that a successful, you know, step in the right direction. So, um, if like if I've I done an ad in the UK or I've done a show in the UK or done, you know, so I'm always trying to just do the next step, and that's what I, and ask myself like, what have I done for my career today? You know, even if it's just do a self tape or read a book, and um, update your showreel, you know, getting your headshots, do something small, even. Um, just to help the career along and just keep showing up and um, like you know rejection's a huge part of it you don't always get every part you don't get every ad you want you don't get every film role but even the fact that you're asked to self-tape you're asked to audition is a huge vote of confidence in your abilities and mm. just take that take the audition as your job yeah um, what 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 age you i'm 41 now yeah 41 41 embracing the gray hair Oh, it's good so, hair at the moment. You like even nice, <laughs> even nice trim color. We we had um a little chat pre video call on WhatsApp, and Declan's hair lads is looking fine. But you're as a like forty one. Could like you speak very humbly and very um, modestly, but that is an industrious career. Like um, how would one? in your opinion, do what you did now. If you're in school and you're 14 and you, you've taken to the stage a couple of times in stage school or whatever, mm. where, how did they get to where you were? Well, I think I've always had the regret I didn't try sooner. Like, um, I remember Nick, Nick was always going to when we were in school, he was always going to the Gaiety School of Acting at the weekends to do courses and stuff. Mm. And I thought, wow, that is passion, you know, and I really admired him for that. And he just, he loved acting. He loved it so much that he would get on the bus every day and go to Dublin, uh, sorry, every weekend and go to Dublin and do his acting course. And, uh, you know, and I thought, wow, for someone to love it so much to, you know, at such a young age to have that, passion this is before I even you know joined you theater or anything um but i find that you know when you tell people you're an actor or whatever they're like oh i've always loved to do that so i've always wanted i've always thought i would love to try that and i always encourage them to to do that like join join fish pond ali coffee's website and uh, mm -hmm. join movie extras you know a lot of people are a bit self-conscious but same lines or whatever but join movie extras and um, and that'll get you the experience of being on set and um, like I think I, I would. I did extra roles in Fair City before I got parts in it. I did um, extra roles on a couple of movies. I think the Honeymooners with um, Cedric the Entertainer and John Leguizamo. Uh, I remember doing an extra part in that as well. But it was just to give you an idea of what a film set is like. And a couple of friends of me recently uh, spotted that they were looking for extras for the new movie in the Ackle Island, the new Martin McDonough movie. And I took their photos, I took their headshots, I told them what to write to the email to the to the cast, to the assistant director. And they were so nervous and they didn't want to do it. And I said, look, it's fine. Just, you know, 
we'll take the photo, see what happens. You might get a call, you might not, but be prepared. It'll be last minute. You'll need to give up probably a week or two of your life to go over there or whatever. And lo and behold, they did. They got a call. Stop. I got frantic phone calls. What do I do? What I said, this is what you say, this is what you do. And they got three weeks, three weeks on it they've been out there. And and I, it was very sh- like he came back to me and he said, I just can't thank you enough for, for giving me that little push. You know, I needed it. And but just to see the the magic in his eyes, it's like he's come back a different person. He's, he's so confident in himself. He's so just, wow, like, what did I just witness here? And I mean, and you can imagine the scenery in Akko. He said just like the shots they're getting is beautiful. But, but he's was, hanging out with like with he's hanging out with Colin Farrell. Brendan Gleeson, Kerry Condon, Barry, Barry Cohen. Yeah, um, the absolute lads. Yeah, and he there he is in scenes with them. And this is a fella that, you know, was very shy and reserved and didn't even want to apply. And he's like asking, now, how do I do this again? How do I keep doing it? So it's just great to see that. Um, I think, I'd say that's once, once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, to be in a movie like that. So I can't wait to see it. Not for you, man. So I I often get people emailing asking advice for their niece or their nephew or their son or their daughter or, you know, a little quiet word. Like, I'd love to get into that. How would I do that? So I'd always just suggest, you know, apply for short films, apply for the local theatre, you know, get that experience because there's nothing, (laughs) nothing as fearful as being on stage, live show, in front of an audience, and it's you with your lines. And if you don't know your lines, you know, you're kind of on your own. So, it's it's good tra- it's the best training ground i think um that that and it's a great rush and uh, you know when you do a good job and uh, there's no feeling like it so but yeah no i would i would start building up a showreel like do short films you can shoot something yourself write something yourself and, and just start um, seeing how the camera works and you know the fact that it picks up so little nuance like theater acting and, and screen acting are so different um you really have to dial it down for the camera because it, it, it'll pick up over overacting or exaggeration. So, um, but if you have that little niggling itch, you know, explore it because um, you will end up finding something you love that you'll do for the rest of your life. Um, yeah, but man, that like that that is you to a T. Like, dear listener, Dick is the lad that I call whenever I want advice on how to get my show reel up to date and then you have the equipment to put it together and then you do it or you're the lad I call to like stay with in Dublin if I'm on a shoot or if my writer friend needs advice I give them your number I I, I assume you've had two or three texts like hi Brian Roach has given me your number can I Mm. because I know you are the perfect person to give advice with absolutely no uh, reciprocation. Like you don't expect anything in return. You just want to help people. Yeah, and that's no, such I, a wonderful quality of yours, man. I know I do because I think it's happened to me, you know, so I like to pay it forward. But you, you find when you read, like I'm a lot more selective about what I say yes to now because you can say yes to a project and you get there and the script's not up to par and you're just, you know, no amount of good acting will save bad writing. So, it's unfortunate that if you give your opinion about the writing and sometimes, you know, like you might have the attitude, well, look, you're just the actor, but like I've written stuff, I've, 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 I've had stuff produced on Archie Storyland and um, I've spent a lot more time sort of like I've been in London with the Robert McKee story, 
seminars and he's like been amazing um if you ever get a chance to any of his stuff it's it's brilliant his books no i don't know i don't know man yeah he's brilliant um but they complement each other the acting and the writing because it's all about the character and, and having a range in each scene each scene is about a moment of change and you're something should be different at the end and and the, at the start from the end and you know something needs to have changed so either the characters wants the need so it's the same as writing it's um but no i'm happily happily like i have a couple of scripts here to read for feature length scripts you know and you just you never know which one's going to take off you don't know which one uh might i could find a good home for a producer for it you know so you just try and help everybody's you know trying to get something made and sometimes you may not know the right person so um no i i've always had that about me i kind of if i see see an audition and i know somebody would be good for it i let them know um i don't know that's so yeah, kind that's yeah. so kind but i'd There's say no, some people it, are so it, sick of ghosts well you're sending me another one i'm not you know so i've dialed that back a bit but you know sometimes you might see something that'd be suit somebody that should do it's up to them then whether they apply or not Thank you. Love it, man. Um, I'm I'm meant every word. You're like you. a nice, kind, and if you're not right for something, you 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 just see a person that is, and that sort of friendship in an industry is just unparalleled. Why, well, I love that's but, what I love about Annette and the cast and now the agency because we're all. Uh, take pride and joy in each other's achievements um you know like this week i was shortlisted the great thing about the pandemic is um now they always have a covid backup for all the for all projects <laughs> so actors are getting paid just to be on standby and uh, i've got a few of them recently I've one in england and one here and um Did you? but if if you know the the guy who got the the actor who got it was a guy I would know very well, and I was just delighted for him that he got the part. So that's what I love about Annette is that it's not oh we're not pitted against each other. We're all pushing each other forward. We're all happy for our successes, and um, I think that's more important than than holding you know being bitter, being good. You know, if you've done a good audition, that's all you can really do. But you you, you can't really compare your journey with others because you have no idea what what theirs is all about. Like, um, she's uh, just she she's just amazing. Like, yeah, I would I would consider myself a difficult actor. Hmm. Like, I don't. You do that, yeah. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm easy to work with, but I'm not easy to deal with. Like, right. If I'm not working for a day, I just like I obviously have a full time job at home, and my schedule is busy, so I'm not. Yeah. Constantly banging her door down, or banging emails to agents or, or directors yeah. or cast but, directors. But the buzz is when your phone rings and it's Annette and she either has a self tape oh. for you or a job and, and, and it's out of the blue and your whole life then it's just like, could be changed for a day or a week or whatever. I love that. It's just this roller coaster of the, sudden, the suddenness of a, of a new opportunity <laughs> or a new gig. And, if I and, see Annette Walsh's number coming up on my phone, I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> I'm either in trouble or my next three weeks are about to change. <laughs> because she knows my work, so she emails, and then she right. watches 
as if it's personal or if I need an old inspirational text. Yeah. Or or she like texts if I haven't responded to an email. But if I see her calling, oh my god, I'm like, yeah. so what have I done? Who have I pissed? Up? Or yeah. or what have you got in the pipeline? She's so kind. Yeah. She's so wonderful. But yeah, no, she's brilliant. So we're very lucky to have her in our lives, definitely. Um, and did you work with her for a little bit? Do I remember her saying that to me? Were no, you like, well, uh, no, I kind of just give her advice at the start when she sort of start setting up. Um, you know, she would come to me just for advice about things. Um, but no, not really. Um, I don't recollect that. But um, I, I definitely advise her to take more breaks and step oh. up a bit. You know, she'd. She's a bit like you, Brian. She doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> she needs to look a bit of bit of self care and self minus just um, you know. Would would you believe? Stuff. Would you believe? I don't know if I told you this story, but the first when you brought her to Port Murnock for that show, I was working in London and I had to go back and I booked an ad by myself. Hmm. But she had just signed me the day before or something, hmm. so she collected me from the airport. Dropped me to her house, let me sleep on the couch, wow. then dropped me to the ad and dropped me back to the airport so I could be back on the West End that evening. Wow. And I was like, that is not what an agent does. That is like <laughs> a caring mother yeah. figure. Does. She's so kind and she's so wonderful to deal with. I just wow, trust yeah. her completely. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. And she knows, she knows, she knows, like she can read you. If you, you know if your email's a little bit off, or she can read, she can read into your emails and go, okay, something's up, something you know, something not good today, and she'll call you for a chat and all. You know, it's she's great uh-huh. with that too. Oh, she's she got never, a great. Um, she never calls me for a chat because I great, great eye for casting. She knows who'd be like even even when you think you're perfect for parts, she'll tell you you're not if you're not. You know, and sometimes you need that little honesty. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, I I I, I look like Tom Cruise. That'll do. No, you don't. <laughs> Step back. You know. Yeah. I, I like that about her. There's a bit of honesty that, you know, you're, you're stretching here. You might piss off the casting director. Um, you know, and stop so being such a loose cannon. And stops making you make embarrassing <laughs> mistakes because you, you don't want to be the guy that's always applying for everything, especially if you don't suit it or, you know, you know, I could be Jewish or I could be this or I could be that. Uh, you just, you need to be a bit more like yeah she's i've definitely learned that from her that you really need to read the, the character breakdowns and if you don't tick a box then don't go for it you know <laughs> and you need to be a lot more ruthless that way i'm like annette gig just send me for leading character leading man six for two come on <laughs> she's like no right stuff yeah i can be 30 I've, I've tried that a few times i can be 30 you're 30 okay um, yeah so i've had a few of those you know Okay, yeah. let's let's talk about your writing, my friend. Um, yeah. What? Because you have a good eye, and and maybe the psychology helped, or maybe the upbringing and the Monaghan. Like, what about wh- when did you get good at writing, or when did you start trying? Mm, mm, good question. Good question. Well, um, I've made all the rookie mistakes. First of all, uh, when I was in UCD, well, we did writing, screenwriting. And there's an American friend of mine, Kevin Jakubowski. He's um he's got a great new HBO film out now coming out called Nintendo Christmas. 
uh, Jack need to check it out. He's got an ebook on Amazon Prime. He wrote it, uh, but the HBO produced the movie. So definitely, a great name, man. Great yeah, name. it's a great name. So he he was always into script writing, and I said to him, "Much oh, I'd love to write." And he said, "Well, just write." And I said, "What?" And he goes, "If you want to write, write." And it's the best advice I've ever had. Um, so I started writing ideas, and we had to write scripts, you know, for the course and all that. And we all like just twenty five of us. We all wrote a short film, and we picked the best two, and those would be the two who produced that term. And you know, so it's good in that regard. <clears throat> and I produced a couple of short films that I wrote and, um, you know, when things are quiet, it's good for an actor to kind of, you know, make their own work. And I, mm-hmm. I attended some of those talking TV drama seminars in Galway and like they had Vince Gilligan who wrote Breaking Bad was there and oh. the writers of The Bridge, the writers of Four Brydells and The Killing were there. Oh. And it, the funny thing is every big TV writer, the first thing they always said well, was, well, I used to be an actor. Uh, I started off as an actor and that just struck me every single one of them they had acting ambitions didn't work out for whatever reason or other and they all turned to writing and that was such a common theme uh, and these guys were all big showrunners top global hits you know and uh-huh. so I just decided to start looking into it more and I have to say that the Screen Skills Ireland or Screen Training Ireland back a few years ago they do loads of great writing courses with uh uh, great writers all over the world and if you're ever considering it definitely look for, look them up and, and sign up for them um, <clears throat> and like I said it also complements the acting as well because it's all about character and, and, and goals and needs and wants um, but I did make the rookie mistake uh, back when I was 23 um, <laughs> I'd seen Citizen Kane and I thought well if if, uh, if, uh, if he can do it I can do it at 23 so um, one of the, my most favorite jobs back when I was a teenager was working in a cloakroom in a nightclub. Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of stories from that. So I where are we working to, here? Where, you got to name it. Uh, yeah. It's not a nightclub called Applejack's up in, up in the, in my oh, hotel. Oh, great spot. Fun, <clears throat> I loved the job so much. I even was working there when I was doing my leaving cert and my teacher had to ring my mom and say, he needs to quit. He needs to focus on studies. <laughs> oh no, I can't likes- quit. I love it. I love working there. And you just, you meet, you met everybody coming in, uh, you know, coming in, leaving in their coats and you met everyone going out and it was just such a great, and you see all the drama, the drunken fights and the squabbling and the, you know, people falling in love and you just saw everything from this little box window in the cloakroom. So I started writing a feature film based on that, uh, called it Social Work at the time, because it was like a pun, social and work. Social work, nice. Uh, I Very decided nice. I would make this movie myself. And uh, first rookie mistake I made was I spent my own money. Second rookie <laughs> mistake I made was I wrote a script with lots of characters. And I kind of <laughs> did a crash, you know, like Paul Haggis on it. I had too many protagonists. Not really one main story. Um, like a selection of short stories. It was of... more or less a, a load of short films together, and every you know, so it followed the staff and the the people who were out for a night over one typical night in this nightclub. Uh, I, sh- I shot it in England of all places in Derby because I was. Stop! Over you to... actually you you I put know. it to paper and you shot it. I shot it. Yeah, I shot it. Oh I was overdoing God. a movie over there in two thousand three, a bank and bank heist movie, and um, when I was there. <laughs> One of the guys in Met owned a nightclub where he ran a nightclub. 
And I looked at it and I thought, this is perfect. This is like what I imagined. And because uh, my plan was to shoot it back home in Monaghan when I got back. Mm. So I said, you know, can I, can I, can I have your nightclub for the, for a, couple, for a month? <laughs> and um, they, they said the, no. He said yes. <laughs> And he said yes. Oh my God. And uh, I, you know, got a few friends together, got them all over, fair play to them. They all like just, you know, it was literally low budget, but we, uh, I don't know how uh, people put up with the conditions. I don't think you'd get away with it now, but so we shot for three weeks and then we, I think we had two extra days of shooting over here for pickups and, um, but oh geez, I, I was a death door. Like I was getting two hours sleep a night. I uh, was a zombie. Stressed um, off your face. Stressed off my face. Having the best time of my life, but stressed off my face. Yeah. Uh, I think I ran out of money about two thirds <laughs> the way through. I had to go to the credit union. Go, no to finish. Imagine going into the credit union, going, "I'm shooting a movie. Ran over budget. Need a couple of, th- you know." With three weeks on location in London. Yeah, in, in Derby. Yeah. So like, um, <laughs> so that was my first foray into script writing. And looking back now, I'm like, yeah, I definitely should have worked on the script a lot more. Um, but- is it good? It's, get it done? Sh- it's shot very well. Uh, there's a trailer of it up on, on Vimeo. I've called it the nightclub days. So I'm still okay. trying to figure out the edit. Uh, I, I had a good friend of mine, Mark, uh, who edited the Trouble Times 3 for RTE for me. He he had a go at it there. So we find the the central story is kind of the, the cloakroom in a way, but it's just I need to figure out um, yeah, a few things just to figure out with the script. So there's a few options I could do with it, but it's it's on the to finish list. So, correct but, me if I'm uh, wrong. This was 17 years ago. 20, say 18 years ago at this stage, yeah, yeah. And you're st- you're still working on edits. I'm still like working I, on edits, yeah. Just yeah. just just let it go. Just just release know, it to the world. No, it, it's know, 18 it's years, man. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. But it's, it's uh, you know, I great, it, you know, it's turned out really well. It's great to have, and I had a great time doing it. And people had a great time being on it. So I just, I'd like to finish it for them too, you know. But it, are you, are you actually I joking? Do, I, I'm I only could do a modern day bookend where it's like people now, 20 years later, and kind of do a, I, could, I was thinking I could do like some sort of flashback or, you know, do you ever see the um, Before Sunset, Before Sunrise, Before oh, Midnight do I trilogy? What? I what love that. They're brilliant. Well, I watched the second in the cinema. Right, and didn't know there was a first one, and I was watching it. And then they were doing the flashbacks, and I was like, "How did they de-age them?" I couldn't figure out how they made them look so dumb, <laughs> not realizing it was the first movie. And I was so good, I went back straight, bought a ticket, went back to watch it again. I just loved it. And um, then I realized, okay, there was a movie nine years ago, and this is the sequel, and then whatever. So it kind of got me thinking, mm, I could do something like that, you know? So, That's an unbelievable idea. If you can get the same crew together. Yeah, yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, you know, so that's an option. So it's, you know, I need to just sit down with it. But look, it, I could easily make it a TV show now and use that as the, the sort of pitch. Um, put Or just do a short film out of it, you know, so I have a couple of options. But um, you see, the trouble is, and I didn't realize that at the time, was that music, we need a lot of music uh, for nightclubs. And then you're talking mm. about licensing and, and artists and so there's a whole load of layers, but my problem was I used up all the money for the production and didn't have enough set aside for post production, and then that's what delayed it for a few years. So you don't I really did, care about that when you're 23. No, you buzzing. don't. You don't really care. But it's it was a great experience, and then so um, yeah, so then I realized I needed to do a lot more uh, in script writing. So that's why I started doing all those courses and 
going to Robert McKee's and, and uh, writing an RT storyline entry, which was one of the best experiences I've ever had. It was brilliant. Um, you basically got to do a web series. I think there was eight finalists and each month you get to make a second episode, a third episode, a fourth episode. And, you know, whoever's got the least amount of votes is kicked out. And we got mm. to make all four episodes. So we got to the finals, um, you know, and that was a brilliant experience. And it was such a fast turnaround. You kind of had to have the script ready, got to get approval. You got to shoot it in a week, edit it in a week, and then it's out for a week to vote. Then the process starts again. And, you know, it was great. So, like I'm always getting ideas. I'm always writing, making notes. That's one thing I'd recommend. Whenever an idea pops into your head, write it down because you will not, you will not remember it uh, that night or that next day. You will just think, oh, mm-hmm. what was I thinking? So I'm always doing that. And a lot of these scripts that are writer ideas I came up with maybe 15 years ago, and they've just kind of been in the ether, for you know, um, and working away in the subconscious. And then, oh yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Um, and then also figuring out what the best format is, you know, whether it could be a play, whether it could be a novel, whether it could be a, a film script, TV series. That's the other big, the big dilemma you have to figure out what way is it going to work best. So well, do you think, do, do you think, do you think you write your best stuff in a flash or do you think you need 10 years to develop it? And um, then I used to, I used to write it sit down and do big bursts of productivity um but i don't think that's really conducive to quality at the end of the day mm. you kind of need feedback you need people to read it you need the notes you need and if, if like what i was saying earlier was that you know if you give a writer notes and they don't take it well then you know they, they need to be able to go okay i hear your point i'm not going to i'm going to use that i'm not going to use that and if a lot of your readers are saying the same thing, then you really need to pay attention to it. Mm. Um, but I've had, I've given notes, people have thrown me scripts before and I, oh, will you read this? And I wouldn't know them from Adam and I've read the script and you know, it's sometimes it's tedious if it's re- not really well written and it's hard to read a very bad ri- written script. And like, I remember one guy gave me a script and about halfway through the movie, the script, it was like, <laughs> yeah, your movie should start here because it, it's only really getting interesting from here on. And the abuse I got back, you know, and I was like, I'm just trying to tell you that it was a struggle. The first 50 pages was a struggle, but it, now something's happening. And now I'm really interested. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he didn't take it very well. And I was yeah, like, okay, he, he well, put his heart and soul into that, man. And you destroyed it. Like, him. He thought it was ready to shoot. And I was like, well, nothing's really happening for the first half. So, you know, it's not very interesting. So, but look, you live and learn. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but like, you know, a few good friends that be quite established scriptwriters, and I'm very happy that they, they let me read their work and give feedback. And, you know, they're delighted to get the notes. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not worried about offending them or upsetting them. They're, they're glad when I say, no, that didn't work for me or that doesn't ring true. Or, um, but the big thing I've learned about scripts is that characters rarely tell the truth, you know, and that's good for an actor too, is that when just because the character saying something doesn't mean that they're being honest because they're usually trying to cover something up or trying to achieve something. And I find that's huge for a writer. So, uh, and an actor that you, you should, and also don't, don't, don't necessarily start with the dialogue, you know, try and write it visually and leave the dialogue to last because it's a visual medium. So you should try and write a scene with as little or as no dialogue as possible. And then you're, you're nearly halfway there. Um, Have you passed on your work to anyone? To a director. Yeah. 
yeah no i've had scripts option by producers um but i find a lot of things lately now is they want a pilot and they don't want to pay for a pilot mm. so that's the problem the producers they love your idea but they can't sell it without the pilot but they want you to write the pilot for free so that's the, the dilemma mm. i think for writers these days is that you should have the pilot ready to go uh, or as good as and that helps sell the idea so that's the latest thing that i find is is tough you know you kind of have to you know and you know if you were writing writing scripts you'd be getting 10 15 20 grand for the pilot so it, it's that kind of tete-a-tete where you know you are you being taken advantage of here or are you all working together for the you know for the the best of the project um but does that mean the producer is like expecting a director, a cast, a writer to be all working in unison and then they will take it and maybe recast or well, that's enjoy it. See, the like idea? I know, so, like, I know in England it's great in that if you write the script, you can, uh, they can't kick you off it if you want to be in it, you know. So if you write hmm. a script and you want to act in it, they can't go and cast you someone else for the role. You know, you have first dibs if you, if that's what you want. Uh, I don't think that's true here. Um, Absolutely not. Um, but like you, like I take huge inspiration from Ricky Gervais. Like he, what, thirty nine when you when you to the office and look at him now. You know, so I definitely I love reading like autobiographies. Lawrence Olivier, Oscar Wilde, uh, even George Orwell wrote a book about being homeless in, in London and Paris, and mm-hmm. all these great like writers. Uh, lived extraordinary lives before they and even when they were writing they probably didn't see the successes or the wealth or whatever that they deserved but i take do take great inspiration from that 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 the more experiences you have in your life negative positive whatever it makes you a better actor it makes you a better writer um it, it's it's all kind of you know grist to the mill you just you, you can use it all you know and um that's why like especially when you're saying your question earlier but about if someone wants to be an actor yeah by all means go to drama school if you can if you can afford it um it's one of the kind of regrets i've had i kind of you know if i got to do it again i might not have made the movie i might have gone to drama school for a few years just to try it because i know you had a great time in new york and that's something i would have loved to have done um if you hadn't made social work that's it, you see. I'm if if you hadn't been in sport, basically, man, you were a club head. And <laughs> no, you just, I was not. I was a worker. I did. You were work. like you. You brought me to Fibsborough. Oh you, yeah. You 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 brought <laughs> like you made a movie about the club. You were like if you hadn't been such a club boy and listened to your parents and your mm. teachers. But you know what it you, was. You know what it was. <laughs> I realize now. Uh, I was such a shy, serious kid. I really was. And even looking Were back you? recently, yeah, looking back recently on my school reports, everyone on Declan's very serious. Declan has the word, weight of the world on his shoulder. Uh, Declan needs to lighten up. Declan needs this, that, and the other. He's very stressed about his studies. And I look back and go, yeah, I was. Like, I, I was almost 10 years older than I should have been mentally, you know? And um, when I worked in the nightclub, it brought me out of my shell. Like, you just learn to be confident, you learn to chat to people. Uh, people would be coming up crying drunk telling you problems you know the whole world <laughs> and you just learn to be this sort of uh, you know like psychiatrist and I just I think I it was such a huge part of my life that moment and give me the confidence sort of to go out in the world that 
that's I kind of created the movie then as the homage to that. And, you know, so it's nice in a way that I have that as, as you know, time to look back on and um, back when I had no gray hair. But um, is nightclub days your legacy? Like, is is the, is this the declaration? Is this the one we've been waiting for? I don't know. I, I've got a feeling it's, it might have some life in another format, maybe TV series or something. You know, I'm, I'm still thinking about it, but uh, I, I'm, I am thinking, I was talking to the editor recently, and we're thinking about a bookend, modern day bookend, and then use it as a flashback. And that way then... Do it, kind of, it. Uh, Do the footage, it. The footage would be brilliant then, you know, because the actors are 20 years age difference. So it could be something. And may, 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 may I ask, are and they fix all the script, still... Fix the script, yeah. <laughs> Are they um, all still alive and well? Like, the, um, all of them are, yeah. yeah and, and available. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> they, could, they could be more expensive now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, credit Union trip to... Credit Union trip to... Yeah, thank you, Monaghan Credit Union. You helped me finish my movie. Okay, so f- the final... <laughs> I, I, I could literally talk to you all night. But like, Republic Italy. Love, hate. Yellow dress. Juggle. Like... Theater credits, Kathleen Nihulahan, Memory of Water. Oh, that was great. Jeez, yeah. We like did, we did the, we did the Lady Gregory you, trilogy, and these plays hadn't been done in a hundred years. So I did oh, like uh, like that was nice. nice. It's so, it, it sold out overnight. Um, brilliant. The Dolman Theater, and it closed down recently. I heard so it's really sad. But yeah, these plays hadn't been done in a hundred years, and uh, Lady Gregory Augusta Gregory wrote them, but W. B. Yeats actually was given the credit for writing the play. And oh. it turned out to be Lady Gregory had wrote the play, and he just sort of was able to put rude. a name on it. Absolutely yeah, but Jesus, just it was like we all heard about Kathleen Houlihan, you know, Ireland coming in as a young maiden. Mm. Uh, I know an old woman actually, but the the character sees her as a young maiden, and he wants to fight for her and all. Like it was just it was like part of Irish history, so it was an honour to do that. Um, but yeah, I know I've I've done. Yeah, I've been very lucky. Uh, definitely, I've worked with like American directors. I played Seamus Heaney uh, in a short film um, yeah. for an American director, um, and I played. Um, yeah, we played. What else have we played? Tennessee Williams, like Ross and John Hubbard. I've many things scribbled down on my research paper, man. Oh, geez, you've done your research, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting better at this. Yeah, I'm getting better. Yeah, you do. That's good. You, you may start hiring a research assistant now. You know, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That would be too but serious. But no, my, my ambitions now would be I'd love, to, I'd love to get on the national stage. Like just before COVID hit, I was very lucky to be invited to audition for uh, Circle of Friends in the Gaiety. Um, Ian Murphy wrote the script great, great writer and um, unfortunately that didn't go ahead so it's great that I'm getting seen for those roles um, but that be that would be my next ambition would to try and get a role in the Abbey or the Gate um, or so you know a national stage like that that would be the next dream yeah you deserve to be uh, up there man I mean yeah, but, you know you just keep having to show keep showing up and and uh, you never know one day might be time Um. Who, who would be your favorite teacher? Who would you? Okay, here's your Oscar speech. <laughs> like, who are you thanking at this very moment? Who, who are your your shoutouts that that mean a lot to you? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I think. Um, well, I'd start at the very beginning. I'd, uh, Jerry and Joan Farley, Mona New Theatre. They were this wonderful husband and wife, and they started this youth club. Uh, for all the weird kids who didn't follow football, or you know. And it was just such a, a great thing to go to every Friday. And um, 
they gave up their time for free to do that and did it for nearly four or five years, I think. And um, we got to be trained by Lawler Roddy, by uh, Rowan Tully, the great mime artist. We did shows in the Derry Playhouse. You know, they, they took us and then we were part of Ulster Youth Theatre, National Youth Theatre. Um, and then I got to meet like other actors like Aaron Monaghan and, and Jordan Cabe, um, you know, when they were just starting out. So that was just a huge influence. And, and then I definitely thank Nick Lee. He was a massive influence in my life. Um, he's always been there for me. Uh, at the end of the phone, if I need advice on an addition or an accent or a part or, uh, or bestie, switch. yeah, yeah, he's over in LA now, you know, he's and uh, I look forward to catching up with him again. But yeah, watching his passion for acting, it was just it infected me. And uh, only for him, I probably wouldn't have even tried it. So he would definitely Aww. be a huge, uh, huge um, thank you on my list if I ever got the Oscar. Um, you got you got to shout out to Mrs. Man. You you had like you, you have to. Oh yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. You know, I, I'll be honest. Growing up, um, I heard a lot of no's. You know, yeah, you be an actor. No, you can't be an actor. You're only drinking like that. You catch yourself on, you know. And I, I think that's bad. That's not good for anybody's dream. Um, if if they have a dream, you should encourage it. I know, you know, a lot of parents and stuff would look at acting as pie in the sky. No career prospects you know what i think Clarence olivia said like two and a half percent of actors work and 97 and a half percent don't work you know and it's always been mm -hmm. an overcrowded profession um so in a way it's always good to have the backup you know like you work you know i work it's kind of you need the you need the, the steady income so you're not walking into an audition room desperate you know, because mm. you can smell the desperation off you. If you need the money, if you need the part, you need to walk in, cool, calm, collected, do what they ask, thank them for the time and leave, you know, and it's it's really up. To, you just don't know if you're going to get the role or not. But if, if that's what you're relying on, I think a lot of people learned that during the pandemic. A lot of people's rugs were pulled under their feet, uh, singers, artists, and it was a huge shock for a lot of people that everything stopped. Um, mm. and I, I'd say there's a mass exodus of people from the creative arts at the minute especially with the lack of uncertainty about opening up again and um, it's a scary time you know so at least the PUP was there to, 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 to start save people you know um, and I hope they, they come up with something like that like the artist grant or the artist payment because that was a huge thing missing because um, I did uh, like uh, I tried to give acting my full attention for years um, but I was living off credit cards, you know, it's just not, it's not a great place to be. Um, mm -hmm. um, and I was, and I never took the dole, you know, it's just something that my dad always sort of instilled in me. You always need to work for a living. Um, I, that, that's another person I think, like I lost my dad when I was 16 and, um, I think uh. that's probably why I'm so busy because he died at 42 and, I realize how short life is. I'm going to be 42 next year. So it's always been this thing that if not now, when? So I, I realize how infinite life, finite life is that that's why I try and do as much as I can, write as much as I can, be in as many projects as I can because you just don't know when it'll all stop, you know? And uh, Didn't know that, man. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it was, a, it was you know, not his fault. He was hit in a car accident outside the house, you know? And, um, oh. That's when that's when my childhood ended. Um, but 
that's why I'm looking forward to being a father because unfortunately I didn't get to have that pint with my father. I didn't get to get to know him in later life. So I'd like to do that with my own son. Uh, dude, you would yeah. be an amazing father. I swear to God. Mm. And I think, I think all the listeners will agree that you're a terribly good inspiration to me and have been since 2014. And shout out to your dad. Like, yeah, Patsy. You, shout out to Patsy because he, he raised a good old kid. Mm. And I like him. him too. I've been told I'm very like him, which I never thought growing up that I would be. But apparently, you know, if I meet people in the morning, I'm like, oh, yeah, the spit of your dad. So I treasure that. I really do. Um, uh, now he had a moustache I've never gone for the moustache yet so I'll see <laughs> it might be something further down the line they're but, tough um, work man T- moustaches are too yeah, too political too are political to <laughs> you're a I hipster guess. or you're a, a, a villain it, like it's always the guy with the moustache who's the villain like you should know <laughs> that as soon as a character is written with a moustache they're the villain yeah, you know but like, um, now my wife Nora has been amazing like she uh she throws her eyes up on a teller of another self-tape and stuff to do. She's always there to read read the lines up with me on the screen. And once or twice now I've had to do singing, singing uh, Rick Astley song once and all that. And I can't sing for her, I love her money. But she's a trained classical singer, so she's able to give me some sort of tips and help me get over the line. But she's singing is just, uh, I, like, uh, I mean, oh, you dance, you sing, you act. Uh, you're, poorly, you're right. poorly, poorly, like, poorly. You're you're a quadruple threat, quint, a quintuple threat. Um, I've never had the the musical musicality, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but it's great that you have so many strings to your bow. You know. Thanks, it's, bud. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, that no, was great. Was the was the Rick Ashley song never going to give you up? Um, or well, together forever. Is it together? Yeah, that's what it was. It was for some um, DNA heritage ad or something in England, and they wanted us all singing Rick Astley. <laughs> and I was there with the hands doing the different bars and chorus and, you know, trying to figure out what an A and a C chord was and a D chord. Oh, it's all gobbledygook to me. I think I lasted five days doing piano lessons and probably three weeks doing guitar lessons. I just don't have it, unfortunately. Oh my gosh. Um, Nora Nora's a lucky gal as well, man, because nah, she's wonderful. Yeah. And they, you know, I kinda laugh because it took me about twenty years to get to get a curse. She was singing mm. on stage and the director saw her and said, You're in my movie. So she just walked on set. <laughs> her first ever acting role. Um So Brian she, wanted Brian wanted her. Jack Conroy yeah. wanted her, yeah, the director. Oh Jack. Yeah. Sorry. Jack I thought Brian sorry, Jack's, Jack's wife Mona, um, she was a massive singer. Um, in their day and she taught Nora singing and, and Jack then when she came back from London she was over in London for eight years so she just happened to come back and she was singing Jack went to see her and remembered and so it's all interlinked all interlinked you know and um, and then you met on the on the film on the set and apparently uh, Jack was telling Mona oh I think Declan has a thing for Nora <laughs> and I remember being on set and he was like oh you know you have to act like you're in love with her no acting required Declan no acting required <laughs> so he had a sus he had a sus um, and, and now you like you're having a baby together that is yeah. you're married and you're that is congratulations but... all because of, of one movie one script yeah it's an <laughs> amazing story very unique story we met, we met getting our makeup done 
at the table at half seven in the morning. Um, I thought you'd do your own makeup. Most, most oh, no, morning. no, there's makeup artists there in the whole shebang. Yeah, no, no, we got it all done. Uh, full crew. No, there's a full crew there. Um, I, I was only messing. I, I, they, it, was, it was like a pop. You, you do your own. <laughs> Sorry. I, I have to say, you know, makeup's a good thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I say it's a great thing. <laughs> Oh, I sent a, I sent a, a picture to a director the other day, and I had a broken nose, long hair, and um, tired eyes. And he was like, "Brian, what? How are we supposed to work with this?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. We were a day off shoot, and it was five p.m. Oh. They made me go to the hairdresser. Wow! Oh. Yeah, I loved the long hair, man. I just saw that in your Vimeo, and I was like, "Wow." That looks great. You should keep that. And then I see you ah. and you have it all cut. I'm like, what did you do? It was the director on the shoot. He made me go. Yeah. Well, that, that's not, that's put that now as another ambition. I'd love to have hair like yours. Nice long hair. Oh, you know? And Annette called me. She was like, Brian, please get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> like, leave work. Go. I always get to that yucky phase and it's like, no, get a cut. It's too long, too long. You know, the part, the yucky phase that you have to outgrow. It goes through a stage, but it goes through a stage of yuck, 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 still mm. yuck, but pulling it off. Okay, he's got there. And I remember you were telling Kathy in your other interview that you were reading the artist's way. I discovered that book as well. It's brilliant. Do you like it? Oh, it's fantastic. It's, cool, it's so man. good. The morning pages, yeah, and the affirmations. Ah, oh, brilliant. It's a, bit, it's a bit powerful. A bit too Very, powerful. Yeah. Anyone who hasn't read it, read it. It is brilliant. Um, they're, they're teaching it in London in drama schools. They're they're they? recommending it. You, it's funny when you read something and then you hear it yeah. from certain people, like Artist mm. Way. Artist Way. It's it's amazing. What, she what, was, what, she was what? married to Martin Scorsese for years. Julia. Yeah, Julia. Right, yeah. What what yeah. did you find? Because I, I find when I talk to people about it, they find something different, personal to them. Mm. I, I love I love the just sitting down and writing the the, the morning pages like <laughs> you're right start writing about things you didn't realize you were thinking about and mm-hmm. it definitely gets gets you out of writer block mentality so I find that really helpful. Um, Do you get ang- angry at some pages and go, "Jeez, I didn't realize that was in there." <laughs> uh, I tried. I don't reread what I write because I think she says not to, but. Um, she does. Like I write three A4 fulls cap pages, and I don't even know if that's the right length or should they be shorter. But I have no problem filming them. It's brilliant. And uh, yeah, no, no, I, I'm definitely going to be when I finish it here. I'm going to go back and start again because uh, the exercises are brilliant, you know. And um, and another good book I recommend is The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. If anyone has half huge, I just that book changed my life. Really, it gets you out of your head. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um. It's all about the power of now. You know, it's like mind, mindfulness. You just realize that what you're thinking um, isn't necessar- necessarily real or true. Or, yeah, you just acknowledge it and let it float away like a cloud. But, you know, so it's very like mindfulness. And um, another one is Waking Up, the Waking Up app with Sam Harris. He does a lot of daily meditations and stuff. And he talks with uh, Zen Koan meditation. They're fantastic. Do- do you like that stuff? Do you like all the kind of thinking? It, it's yeah, funny. No, I've, got, I've got really big into stoicism in the last year. Have you? <coughs> yeah. Um, I came up with these books by Ryan Holiday. I'd really mm-hmm. recommend him. You can get them all on your Kindle. 
um, very, very good. He writes with the lives of the Stoics. And uh, it's just good everyday advice, you know, especially, you know, in the life of an actor, you know, it can be difficult. Like you're, you're, you're going, you think you're getting an ad or a show, you didn't get it. You don't know why you didn't get it. Um, you Maybe you're not even getting seen for stuff that you want to get seen for. It's, and with stoicism, like, you kind of, um, it takes you away from that and you realize, look, there's only certain things I can control and there's other things that you can't control. So you kind of, um, you, you, you just don't take things too personally. Um, mm. Like you, you, you accept what's in your control and do st- if something's wrong, fix it. And if you can't uh, do it, then there's nothing you can do about it, you know? So, um, it's, it's definitely, a be- it's, it's fantastic philosophy. I just find it really, really interesting. There's, there's been something weird happening in COVID that have allowed people to slow, realize who's in their 5k and stop bullying themselves into catastrophic kind of self um like almost abuse you know what what they're willing to accept from themselves mm. do you, like that sort of i find i'm not really caring about acting anymore i'm a little yeah. bit uninspired no, to, i know i know what you mean like uh, last year it's like okay i didn't get a part right? yeah 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 no i know what you mean last year i'm just gonna go for a of, walk I was even considering, you know, just writing full time and stepping back from the acting. And I think actors do that every so often. They're like, well, you know, I think maybe I'd give it my best shot. And if I step back tomorrow and never act again, I'm I'm delighted with what I've achieved. So I'm not, I'm not going to have any regrets about it. I've given it my best shot. Uh, but the but thing it, with acting is you, you're not in control of, of getting a part unless it's a part you've written, produced, directed. Um, and that's a lot of hats to wear. You know, it's a lot of stress. Um, but it's not it's not necessarily about acting per se it's about stuff that you almost care too much about and that leads to mental strife yeah. it's the it's the letting go of what you can't control and as you say the stoicism of there's lovely walks in ireland yeah people yeah. are talking about a trip to the iron islands as opposed mm. to fort aventura people are talking about their parents in a different way or what's actually important and the uncontrollables I'd like I used to be so driven reacting or rework or a rugby match that I really wanted to win now I'm yeah. like if we don't win it's kind of just about the friendships and the respect and mm. the trying your best yeah as it what, what do you think about like just because you mentioned the artist way it's the fear that some people take as the like oh, a, a girl I know was right what went out of her head onto the paper scared her so she stopped she was like I, 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 I don't understand why this book is and I was like now keep going and she was like no Brian it's not for me and I was like fair enough mm. <clears throat> you recognise that yeah well like Edward well, Tolley he, he would advise like the mind is like a great instrument if it's used rightly but if mm. it's used wrongly, it becomes very destructive. And if you don't use your mind right, it'll start using you wrong. The critic um, and the coach. And the, you know, yeah. yeah. So you need to, 
and I think when I said I was like a serious and shy kid when I was younger, I think I was just totally consumed on thinking. Um, and I remember that, you know, it was always in my head. And just reading this book, I, I was in or I was in Budapest when I found it. And um, I read it all in one sitting. Uh, Which book? The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. Power of Now. Yeah. And um, he, he's loads of YouTube videos you can watch on money. He'll do little sound bites. But I came back... I to my friend and he looked at me and he was like, what, there's something different about you. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, your eyes, they're, just, they're so like bright and, and sparkly. Or he goes, have you taken something? I said, what do you mean? He goes, like, you taking <laughs> drink or drugs? And I said, no, I just had to finish this book. And he's taking like, nouns and verbs. A book, a book couldn't have done that. But he, I said, it has. Like, it just, it just was. I spoke to you. It just clicked. Everything clicked. And it just makes you realize like, you're not, you're not your next thought. All right. Or like, uh, a thought should should be like a thief in an empty house. It it comes in, but there's nothing for it to grab onto or take. You 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 acknowledge it, and if it's useful, use it. If not, just let it go away. And the same with emotions. If you if you have a craving or a you know um, I'm a serious man for the sugar. So like, but if you ignore the craving, just acknowledge it, acknowledge it, and it'll go away in twenty seconds, and then it's not as strong anymore. So, but these guys, what I love is that they wrote all this two thousand years ago. They've lived it, so it's actionable, it's usable, and it's survived two thousand years. A lot now, a lot of their texts were destroyed, unfortunately, but a lot of it's been it's good, good bit being found. But um, I just, I, I just can't get enough of it. It's brilliant, and it's very, it's very appropriate to Zen as well. Do you know Zen, but Buddhism and um, Eastern science, Eastern thing. It's just, it's about just working on yourself. You know, being a good person, paying attention doing every action as impeccably as you can, uh, you know, because something you may do may be the last time you ever do it and you won't know it's the last time you ever do it. You know, oh, and, that's so scary, man. You know, so that's like, like, and I know that like, if I'm holding my son, I yeah. don't know when will be the last time I'll be physically able to hold him or when he'll want to stay, you know, so you just don't know or when the last time you'll change, you know, his nappy or so that's why you should just appreciate it, all these little moments and not always put a narrative or a story on it or, you know, so he didn't say hello to me, so he must be thinking this or, you know, he must. so just take control of your attention um, and just improve on yourself, you know. Um, it's I, I've kind of come to the con- opposite conclusion to that, man. Right. I'm like, I'm like, just don't think about it too much. Just mm. live simple. Just mm-hmm. appreciate where you are and do what you want as long as it's meaningful. But if I get too into my own head, I'm like, if this is the last time I see my dad, I need to, I'm like, or my stepmother or my sister who's in Mexico, I'm like, oh, don't go there. Just live simple. Just, yeah. just don't think about it too much. Just do. Yeah. No, I was like, oh. That is the worst. You know, I, I do, I'll be honest. Take it too much, Roger. Stop. You know, if, if you're lucky enough to have both your parents, cherish them. Uh, I'm not, unfortunately. But, yeah. You know, it's yeah. You know, I agree there because you just don't know. And yeah, live in the moment, but life, realize life that there's gonna be change. loads of moments. Yeah, yeah, life, life is nothing ever stays the same, good or bad, unfortunately. So, um, it's you just have to not get caught up in your head. Uh, you know, and I, I think I used to do that when I was younger. You know, especially having the confidence at 23 to go and make a movie with like 50 people working on it and you're spending your own money 
Dude, that's just, huge. It was huge, but looking back now, I didn't know what I thought I knew. You know, um, <laughs> but that's apparently the rookie mistake everyone makes. You know, they spend their own money first, and unfortunately, I did that too. So, um, so that's one piece of advice: get someone else to give you money to make your script. Definitely. <laughs> and you know, if there's money. one, if there's one thing we've learned from this yeah. podcast, uh, um, final question, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. taste of music. What's on the what's on the playlist, man? Are you gonna laugh at me? I love James Blunt. <laughs> I would never. I, I would Silence. no. I would never laugh uh, at that man. There's just something that, about it. I just love it. That's, I a, seen be- that's a beautiful call. That's a I beautiful seen. Call. I seen him in concert in the three arena, and I, I just thought he was amazing. <laughs> I just thought he was amazing. He's just so gen, so humble. He knows people take the piss out of him his music, uh, but he just he, he he accepts it and he engulfs it and slags himself, and it's just brilliant. And his songs are deadly. I love Bruce Springsteen. He'd be huge. Um, the box. It could love be. It. Yeah, just I love his stories behind his music, and I can't wait. I'm going to read his biography next, and I'm going to listen to it in audio. But, but um, a couple of the CDs. He kind of talks about the like the, the Broadway show. He he talks about the background to each song and the meaning of it. No, I just find that's fantastic. Um, Coldplay, you know. So I'm not really, really music, but I love. I it. am going to laugh at you on those ones. Yeah, no, I like Coldplay. Yeah, very male dominant and very That's like t- yeah. tender. And yeah. like, like I'm a, a big soppy, a big romantic. Yeah, yeah. You're like you like the story. Yeah, I you like the story. story. <laughs> Coldplay are swiftly turning into one of my faves. Oh, very good. Good taste. Good taste. So talented. And I have they to used say, to be man. From Marion Nora, marrying an opera singer. My taste in opera now have been totally brought into this new world of classical music um, and operas <laughs> and. I have to say a new appreciation appreciation there. And it's so funny the 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 use of opera in, in films and opera scores. Oh, yeah. And mm. and they're almost stealing the story from the opera and make it put it into the movie and then they play the, the, the aria behind it. So Nora's like, Oh, that's the aria from this or that's the aria from that. And I said, What's the story about that one? And she'll tell me the story and it's literally the film transplanted. So there seems to be a, it seems to always be in films. Good Bit example of that is Moonstruck yeah. by, with Cher. It's all opera references. Very good film. Yeah? Uh, yeah, look it up. Moonstruck. It's Nicolas Cage, very young, and Cher. Brilliant film. Very, you know, it's a romantic comedy. Like Nicolas he Cage. Wrote, he wrote uh, Wild Mountain Thyme recently with um, <laughs> with uh, Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan. It's the same writer. Have you seen it? I started watching it, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to watch it, man. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, you should watch it. It's good. Is it actually good? Well, right. I've enjoyed it so far. You know? The the trailer, the Irish ripped the piss out of it. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, it's, so, very, it's very, you know, John Ford, uh, quiet man, accents sort of thing. Yeah. But I'd say that's what sells in America. I, I, yeah. The excuse was the Americans won't be able to understand yeah. an, an Irish accent. Yeah, sure. And that's hate, kind of, that's kind of fair. Subtitles. You know, when they're abroad. Stop. Dude. Yeah, yeah, Channel 5 in the UK, you need a subtitle. So. That's fair. It does happen. Oh, dude. Okay, so Coldplay, James Blunt, Arias, maybe Puccini. Puccini's lovely, yeah. Moonstruck. Moonstruck the movie, you need to watch that. My favourite movie of all time is Casablanca. 
Really? Beautiful son. Yeah. Dude, you are a romantic. I am. I am. With a good writing and and well made. And do you find when you watch films, you get into the story, or are you watching the lighting and the no? That's one thing the I didn't, and the didn't like about the, the the masters was when we watched movies, we had to analyze it, and that yeah. really irritated me because I was like, why can't we just enjoy the movie and maybe watch it a second time and analyze it that time? So I always find that really hard to get my head around, but. I love going to the cinema and just being, if I am engulfed into the movie and I forget I'm in the cinema, then that's the job well done. And, uh, you know, it's almost like my church. Like I used to go, you know, if I was feeling down or whatever, I'd go and watch a movie and, um, take you out of your world for a little bit. Yeah. Escapism. It's brilliant. And you just, if it's done well, you're just so inspired. And I, what I loved about the film production, it introduced me into so many of the old classics, like Fritz Lang Mm -hmm. or Casablanca or, you know, German and French cinema. Um, and just the history of cinema and how it's progressed, and it's just there's so many great old movies out there that you know you never watch them all on gears. But um, that that book, uh, Thousand and One Movies to Watch Before You Die, make your way through that list. It's brilliant. There's some great great films ah. there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a big romantic. Uh, you know, I uh, I love romantic she's, comedies as well. <laughs> she's incredibly lucky to have you, man. Oh, I'm lucky to have her, and she's uh, like. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's great to talk to you. I'm well done with it. You're getting some great guests on it, and you're, you've you've got the knack for it. You're a great interviewer, and your voice oh, your voice is like I, melted chocolate, Brian. I disagree with the greatest. Great, great to listen to. You. Oh, we started we started rocky, but I think I'm doing better ish. Mm. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing at any given moment hmm. but it's kind of nice it's a nice idea and you're genuinely a huge inspiration to me so I really really oh, mean you. it you too please take that away I look from forward to sharing the stage with you again or 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 or, uh, or a screen how about well, just well a house well like... done in red rock by the way you're brilliant in it thank you sir you're very, very kind of you yeah, it's great. It's great to see you. And it's it's on reruns here, so it's great to see you on it. Is um, it? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's it's on reruns on Virgin Media two and three, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. It's on nearly every day. Oh, we, I moved house, and all we have is Netflix now, and we oh, don't even watch TV anymore. Hmm. And it's, it's on awful. Amazon Prime as well in America. I think it was there. Is it? Yeah, so it's, it's it's done well. It's done well in England and America by all accounts. So you've you've it, uh, you've got fans all over the world at this stage. I'd say it's a runner. It's a yeah. it's a runner. Um, uh, very well done to you too. Man. Best 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 of luck with the next two weeks. Thank you. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> please please text me because the thing about I know what you're going to say. Brian's a great name. Uh, like a middle name. God, Godfather's <laughs> a better name. <laughs> God, like, if you want me in your life for like the next eighteen, yeah. like to to engulf his religious upbringing and and Dance like be skills, there for breathers. Like, I I will influence him badly, mm-hmm. but but sometimes you so sometimes you need the 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 cool. Uncle Godfather, oh, that would be do. like you do. Go well, into the forward, club there. I look forward to introducing <laughs> you to him. Ah, dude. Best of luck. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Um, I'll give you a text after, no matter what. Great. Okay. Thanks, Dick. Best of luck tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.
And that, my friends, was Declan Reynolds. Terribly nice guy. So worldly and different feathers to his bow. Um, follow his journey from now until whenever you can because he's just such a nice guy and a terribly big inspiration to me. Uh, Deck, thanks a million for coming on the podcast, sharing your views. And stay tuned for season four, episode 10. Um, thanks for listening. Have a good day, guys.